is Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 13 through to the end of the chapter. Matthew seven thirteen. <clears throat> Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognise them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, away from me you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Thanks, Dorothy. Right, let me just start this. Uh, I'll warn you now, it's not a light passage, uh, despite the illustrations, so we're going to need God's help. So let me pray as we begin. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are glorious, righteous, sovereign, gracious, merciful, loving. We ask that we would see all of your character today, and that we would respond rightly. Pray we'd respond in Jesus, and we pray that you would help us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, narrow or wide, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Uh, that is a statement that can get us into a lot of trouble in today's society and culture. All are welcome, but you're not welcome on your terms. 
you're welcome on a very narrow and specific term, and it's Jesus. Uh, His way is entered into via a very narrow gate, we're told, and there's no width for personal views or wide-ranging suitcases containing the whim of uh, anyone that comes that way. No, leave all of that behind. The gate is narrow. Uh, Jesus says uh, in John's Gospel, uh, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, That means agnostics or Muslims or liberal Christians or atheists or Jews or Hindus. Uh, We could go on, but you get the picture. You've all missed the narrow gate, says Jesus. It is not wide. It does not consist of many different varieties and entry points. The gate is narrow and there is only one, and the gate is repentance and faith in Jesus. Uh, So what, our world might say, perhaps we say that, what does it matter uh, if we miss the narrow gate? Can't we just sort of take the broad path, uh, find God anyway? Uh, Isn't it okay to sort of choose your own journey, to do what's right in my own view? Uh, Surely we should be accepting and encouraging of all that's rich in our uh, diverse world and humanity and cultures and religions, anything that comes to the table, as long as I'm true to myself. Well, yes, you can, but it's a terrible idea, says Jesus. The broad path leads to destruction. Many enter that gate and travel that road, but it's the road that literally leads to hell. Uh, Jesus regularly uses the illustration of fire. He's done it already a few times in Matthew. He does it throughout his ministry to make the point about how terrible this destruction that awaits those on the broad road. Uh, Have a look at, well, it's on the screen, or you can have a look at Matthew 13 a bit later on. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will weed, weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, so terrible is this destruction at the end of the broad road, and easy the, road, the easy road, that we're, we're to do all we can to avoid it. Later on in Matthew 18, 8 to 9, if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Uh, Most theologians consider the uh, fire to be uh, illustrative, not literal. But the illustration is there to make the point of how desperate it will be. An eternal conscious punishment for rejecting God, God Almighty, in our hearts and our attitudes, for refusing to bow the knee to enter through the narrow gate, the way of salvation through Jesus. Uh, To think about hell, destruction, uh, it's hard to do without tears, isn't it? And so perhaps we don't think about it. But, says Jesus, 
That is the road the world is on. Many enter through the wide gate and follow the broad way. Uh, We might call it inclusivity or or freedom or acceptance or multi-faith or generous. Jesus calls it the road to destruction, sin, rebellion, blindness, darkness. But he also calls it easy. It's the easy road. Easy to follow the way of the world. Uh, Take anything and everything you want on this journey. You're free to be your own king on this road. Verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Uh, The true Christian uh, enters by the narrow gate, the Lord Jesus, his death and his resurrection in our place. He paid the price of our destruction that we deserved from the the end of the easy road. And no other way other than the narrow gate of Jesus deals with the judgment of God on our behalf. It's narrow, it's exclusive, and only a few find it. And even fewer, perhaps they get a glimpse of it, are prepared to accept the lordship of Jesus, their king, ruler, as they enter through the gate and enter the narrow world. You see, it's not a one-time, cast all your worldly ways and views away to enter through the gate and then feel free to collect your baggage again on the other side. No, the way is narrow too. There are narrow standards on this way. It's an exclusive walk. In Matthew 16, uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, verses 24, it's on the screen, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. That sounds like the broad easy road. But whoever loses their life, it sounds like the narrow hard road, for me will find it. We deny ourselves, our views and our rights. We live by a new and a different code, the rule of the Lord God Almighty, the teachings of Jesus as found in our Bibles. We live to his standards and his commands, no longer our own. So narrow is this way uh, that many a church has abandoned this narrow way. They say things like, Jesus loves you, whatever you do, so just believe and carry on as you were. Churches that perhaps encourage uh, multi-faith gatherings and prayers. There's lots of ways. Or same-sex marriages, or sex outside marriage, or calls to faith that mention nothing of the lordship of Jesus, or the humble repentance of ourselves. We, we don't really need to talk about that. You know, it's just about love. Uh, it's about your own journey, your own spiritual walk. Uh, the Bible is helpful in a few moral areas, and, uh, and that's about all. But it's an easy road. And society loves those sort of messages. I say these things to awaken us to the terrible fate of the world and much of the so-called church around us. They are on a road to destruction. And if we ourselves have not entered through the narrow gate of Jesus and do not submit ourselves to the word of God in the Bible, not, not perfectly, but in repentant, humble, and joyful striving for it, 
then perhaps too we are on the broad and easy road and it leads to hell. Uh, we need to be careful. We also need to be careful who we listen to. Uh, sheep or wolves. Have a look at uh, verse 15 of our passage. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Uh, I think we often think, don't we, of dangerous or treacherous people uh, as being kind of obvious. They're easy to spot. Uh, they're scary looking or, you know, or there's a look about them. Uh, they're powerful or, or impressive. But the most dangerous people in all of the world, says Jesus, the people that can lead you to destruction, not life, well, they look like mild-mannered sheep, uh, which were imagined gentle and meek and unassuming. They are leading, they say, like an Old Testament prophet would. They're leading the people of God, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Perhaps it's the minister who everyone loves, but who never calls for repentance and belief in Jesus as the only way. The one who visits uh, at every hospital bed, but fails to teach the word of God on Sundays, and so is leading them actually to an eternity in hell. Uh, they look like sheep, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, for they te tear away the life-giving blood of Jesus. They blind us to the narrow gate of Jesus and attract us to the much-travelled, broad and easy road. Uh, in Jesus' day, perhaps it's the Pharisees that he has in mind, the, the religious leaders that everyone went to for guidance. But rather than being pointed to the heart of God, they're directed away into hypocrisy and the wide roads of self-love. So we ask, well, how do we spot these guys? Perhaps you're, you're sitting here and you think, well, how do I know you, Sam, aren't one of these guys? Well, Jesus tells us how to think about these things. Verse 16, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear good fruit, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Uh, the illustration's clear, isn't it? Bananas don't grow on gooseberry bushes, and gooseberry bushes, well, gooseberry bushes don't grow on bananas, nor do gooseberries. A bad tree doesn't miraculously produce good fruit, and so on and so forth. The question then is what is good or the right fruit? Well, Jesus has been telling us all the way through his Sermon on the Mount since chapter 5. Uh, fruit is a common illustration in the New Testament. Good fruit is a character that reflects the Beatitudes, chapter 5, and a teaching of sound doctrine according to the full word of God and all that Jesus taught, as he says in chapter 5, verse 17. So, uh, poor in spirit, mournful over sin, meek, Hunger and thirsting after righteousness, merciful, pure, peacemakers. And their teaching is to be faithful to the Bible, as I said, from verse 17 of chapter 5. Jesus has fulfilled all the law in himself, he says, in his life, his death and his resurrection. And now that is what we are called to, 
to be Christ-like, the narrow way, according to his word and teachings. Or in John 14, 15, he simply says, if you love me, keep my commands. Of course, this is a dangerous thing to preach for myself, isn't it? It is right of you to be asking, is Sam a sheep in wolf's clothing? I can obviously say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a wolf, uh, but so would a wolf. And because a wolf is so blind to the truth, I wonder if often a wolf doesn't even realise they are a wolf. My point is, don't believe everything you are told. Assess it by its fruit. Are they poor in spirit? In other words, trusting in Jesus for salvation alone and nothing they do. Do they teach the truth of God's word alone, the narrow path, in opposition to what is comfortable and in opposition to what the world says? Uh, No one will do this perfectly. I don't think Jesus is saying that. We'll continue to make mistakes before God. Uh, That's part of the point of being poor in spirit, recognising we can't get it right all the time now. But striving to be Christ-like and to teach and to obey God's word is the fruit to look for in those we listen to who teach and guide us in this life. Perhaps some of us aren't careful enough in the wider reading and listening to other Christian teachers and authors and pastors as we should be. Uh, We live in this very small digital world and I wonder if those windows of podcasts and tweets and sermons don't show us enough fruit of the person who is teaching us. Watch out, says Jesus. Be careful You do not want to find that you have missed the narrow gate. And when you find a church or or a YouTube channel, channel with a wolf at the helm who fails to teach the Bible and fails to proclaim the exclusive way of Jesus alone, flee, for he or she is a wolf, and warn others to go before it's too late. Because they're ferocious wolves, whether they know it or not. Uh, The logic continues, uh, if there are false prophets and false teachers, are there false Christians, false disciples, false believers? Could you or I be one of them here today? Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Uh, The point is simple. Uh, Simply saying, Lord, Lord, or even believing that Jesus is Lord, does not make you a true disciple. Satan believes that, he just doesn't like it. Uh, So if you've prayed a prayer of confession or repentance and belief, that is not proof, says Jesus. If you are truly converted by the grace of God, then our moral lives will change to seek obedience to the will of God. We will want to live with him. We won't always get it right, but that is now who we live for, Jesus. Uh, Leon and I once went to a church that believed it was wrong to call Christians to obey God's commands. Uh, kind of, uh, you're saved by grace alone. Yes, we agree with that. Uh, so teaching anything beyond that, like obedience or try this, you should, we should behave like this, that's just legalism. It shows that you're trying to earn salvation. We're free, they would say, to do anything you want. Free from from sin and from law. It sounds all quite plausible when you just throw it out. 
Others, perhaps some here, just uh, don't even justify why we don't obey Jesus. We just say, well, I believe in Jesus and carry on as if nothing's ever changed. If you like, try to slip in through the narrow gate and get back on the easy road. No, says Jesus. Proof that you have entered freely through the narrow gate is that you now live seeking to do the will of God. How sad that those people who have fooled themselves and others will be the people, verse 22, as tragically true of. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or in your name drive out demons or in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. They might say a lot about Jesus. They might use his name to perform all sorts of amazing things, but if there is no moral life change, no seeking to obey the word of God, not, not in perfection and not for salvation, for that is free, but if there's no seeking to be obedient to the word of God in our lives, the rule of Jesus, there is no salvation, says Jesus. It's an important issue to think about, isn't it? Have we accepted Jesus' forgiveness, but not his lordship? Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.19, it's on the screen, everyone who confesses the name of the Lord, says Lord, Lord, must turn away from wickedness. We're changed. Perhaps some of us here need to repent again and to submit our lives wholly to Jesus' loving and gracious rule in all areas of life, submitting to his word, the Bible, in totality, not in part. It's a narrow path, yes, but it's the one that leads to life. So finally, wise and foolish, verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, the rain came down. It's hard to do this without the actions. We did it at a staff meeting a couple of times. The streams rose up. The winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Last word of Jesus' sermon. Uh, therefore, as he begins this section, therefore, always an important word in the Bible. Therefore, based on the narrow gate, the narrow path, the wolves, the Lord, Lord sayers the, uh, who don't obey, therefore, only a fool would ignore my words, says Jesus. Make the effort, he says. Dig down to the rock. Find the firm foundation. Put in some sweat. Dig for the wonderful way of life that is to submit yourself to the word of God in the new life you have been freely given through Jesus and his grace. It won't sit comfortably with the world around us. It is the narrow way and the world, the many, are on the broad and the easy path. Build those foundations. Sacrifice what you need. Build on the bedrock of Jesus and his word. All that you live for and on. Enter freely through the narrow gate of salvation and live with him as your Lord. 
That is the wise thing to do, says Jesus. Otherwise, feel free. Uh, Build your fancy and easy houses and lives on the broad road, on the sand. Cheap, fast, easy, comfortable. Live for yourself. Say the odd Lord, Lord, just to sort of, you know, nod in the right direction. Kid yourself, you're a true believer, says Jesus. uh, Revel in the teaching of the wolves because they make you feel comfortable and and, uh, make life easy. But when the rain comes... Jesus returns and the floods come up and God's judgment rises upon you. It is destruction and fire that awaits. It'll all come down with a great crash. Uh, We may have some thinking to do. We certainly have a world to warn of this terrifying truth, don't we? We have the lordship of Christ Jesus to submit ourselves to, for he has given us free salvation. We have a life to deny and obedience to seek. We have a saviour who has the crowds listening to that Sermon on the Mount. As they glimpsed and they heard, they thought, this saviour, this guy is amazing and this guy has all authority. Verse 28, when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Come to Jesus, poor in spirit, empty-handed. Offer your life, full obedience and joy to him. For he, the narrow gate, leads to life. Let me give a minute of quiet to think that I'm going to pray. And a bit later we're sharing the Lord's Supper, where we will remember the free gift of the narrow gate that we can respond to by his grace in full obedience to his word. Heavenly Father, forgive us when we have taken your, taken your grace for granted. If we've said we believe, but have no desire to live for you, give us faith today. Heavenly Father, If we have received your grace, we've repented and believed, and we strive to live for you. Show us your grace again, for we are truly thankful and grateful. Give us a heart to live for you in obedience, for your ways, for your glory, 
for your joy, according to your word, for you have given us everything. Continue to change us, and we give you thanks that we have life. For the world around us, on the broad and easy road, may we have compassion and confidence to share your gospel with them. May we not be tempted back to the easy way, but may we show them a far better life, both now and forevermore. We thank you for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.